every week we have folks fill out prayer cards and, and uh, we're going to pray over these and there's some very serious, very heavy stuff on these cards. And if you're here and you would say, well, I didn't fill out a card, but I could use some prayer, uh, I would love to include you in this. So just go ahead and slip up your hand and we're going to include all those hands that are going up all around the room uh, in prayer. Father, we, we lift up all of these things to you, Lord. We lift up the, the things on this card, these cards, the hands in this room, the hands that are joining us online. I pray, Father, that you would be the God who provides. If it's financial provision or a job or something, God, I pray that you would provide. If it's healing, Lord, we pray that you would be the God that heals. If it's a broken relationship, we pray that you would be the God that restores. If it's bringing your children back to you, we pray that you would be the God that calls your sons and daughters back to you. Put our faith and trust in you, Lord, knowing that only you can do it. I also pray, Father, now that you would speak to us through your word, that you would change our hearts and start with mine. We don't want to leave you the same way we got here, so make us more like you. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Hello. 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 Time. G'day. Hey. What's the crap? Hola. 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 Como estas? Pura vida. Xin chào. Xin chào. Xin chào. Nhớ rong. Nhớ rong. Nhớ rong. Como esta? Como esta? Como esta? Como esta en la hat? Marhaba. Marhaba. Salam alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Bonsoir. Bonjour. Allo. Sankafet. Plita. Hello. Hello. Ciao. Ciao. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. Jumribsuwa. Jumribsuwa. Salamat sejahtera. Marhaba. Sawaddi. Sawaddi. I love that video, all these different people, different cultures, different ethnicities, races saying hello or greetings. I thought it would have been funny if there was like a Chicano. He's just like, orale, you know what I mean? <laughs> Cubo, you know what I mean? Like, anyway, just, or if there's like a redneck, he's like, how do y'all, you know what I mean? Like, wouldn't that have been fun? Anyway, so, uh, so, so we've been looking at the different uh, times that angels greeted people leading up to the birth of Christ. And so there's four different times where angels showed up and they said greetings and then they laid this really heavy message on the person listening, explaining to them how uh, they were involved in the birth of Christ. And so we're going to look at the next conversation. Last week we talked about Zechariah and how the angel visited him and, and that resulted in the birth of Jesus' forerunner, John the Baptist. Now we're going to continue the story in Luke. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. So it's been about six months since we heard from, from the angel Gabriel. And now uh, Zachariah's wife Elizabeth is pregnant. And now the angel is showing up and he's speaking to this uh, teenage virgin girl named Mary. And she's engaged to be married. So um, we don't know if she was in love with Joseph, her, her fiancé, or, or if they were in an arranged marriage and they were both just doing what was expected of them. Uh, but the angel, he starts out and he says, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. 
I looked up that word favored in the dictionary and it means chosen or preferred over everyone else. It's treated with preference. So this greeting is a blessing. The angel saying, you have been chosen. But sometimes a blessing is also a burden. It's rare to receive a blessing without a burden. One of the great kind of mysteries of life is how contradictory it can seem. Every blessing with it brings a weight. You don't get all good times without bad times. There's no victories without challenges. There's no growth without pain. Uh, a few years ago, well, when I was a kid, I remember growing up, and all these guys were huge bodybuilders, and they were on, I found out they were on steroids, and so I talked to my doctor uh, not too long ago, actually, and I said, hey, how do I get on the juice? You know what I mean? And... Uh, he goes, well, you know, you still have to work out. And I was like, oh, never mind. Forget it. Yeah, I just, because we want the blessing without the burden. For example, when, when God blesses you with a child, it's an incredible blessing. It's an answer to prayer sometimes. It's, but, but with it becomes, comes also 3 a.m. feedings and diapers and crying, right? And that's just the dad, you know. Anyway, um, in other words, the blessing is also a burden. If you get a job, you get a new job, or you get accepted to a college that you want to go to, it's exciting, it's a blessing, but then you find out that you have to become someone new. You have to grow and stretch and change in order to become the person that's going to be successful at that level. The blessing is also a burden. When you get married, you're praying, God, send me someone, and they send them to you. God sends them to you, and it's an incredible blessing, but you find out that there's, a cha there's some challenges in sharing your life with someone because the blessing is also a burden. This is, this is what your haters don't understand. Because they see your blessing, but they never see your burden. They don't see the weight that you have to carry in order to receive the blessing that you have. They just want the blessing without the burden. And sometimes we're like that. We say, God, uh, give me a blessing, but with no burden. And what that kind of turns God into is like an Uber driver. God, take me here, take me there, do this, do that, or, or an Amazon delivery. Give me this, give me that, Lord. Bless me with this, bless me with that. But as you grow and mature in your faith, I have found that you will learn that it's not about you using God. It's about God using you. At some point, we figure out that God isn't this big vending machine just giving us what we want, but actually what God is inviting us to do is to change so that he can use us. So Mary gets this visitation from this angel, and, and he, he says, God's about to use you in the most incredible way. You're going to be blessed, but make no mistake, this blessing comes with a huge burden. Imagine this young girl who's, she's been dreaming about getting married her whole life, and, and it's happening, it's coming true. Uh, she's got her Pinterest board full of all kinds of things that she wants to have at her wedding. She's got the cake picked out, the flowers. They've got the photo booth picked out. It's going to be one of those 360 ones. You know what I mean? Okay, photography wasn't invented till the 1800s, but you get the idea. She's excited. She's planning her wedding. She, and the Bible also says that she's been saving herself. She's kept herself pure for her marriage, for her husband. She picked out her dress. Her friends are all excited. They've got the bridesmaids' dresses. And then God shows up, and he blows up the whole party with one blessing doesn't quite feel like a blessing now. And sometimes God will intervene in our lives without asking our permission and without telling us he's doing it. Sometimes God shows up and steps in and out of the blue he will act or he will intervene 
And so we know Mary's caught off guard by this because look at her reaction. It says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor. Again, there's that word favor. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So the angel's basically saying, God has chosen you, Mary, to give birth to the Son of God. His plan is going to change the world, Mary, and he's choosing you. His plan is huge. It's kind of like he's saying, Mary, you're about to go viral. You're going to be famous. And he could have said that. He could have said, Mary, you're going to be so famous. They're going to build huge statues of you. People are going to pray to you. Uh, they're they're going to get these massive back tattoos of you, Mary. There's even a company that's going to release a line of Virgin Mary socks. That's how famous you're going to be. Now, some of you might think, those are silly. But you know what I thought when I saw those? I said, I want those. So today... I don't know if you can see that. I'm wearing my Virgin Mary socks. What does that have to do with my message? Really nothing, but I just, anyway. So the angel tells Mary, this is about to happen. You're about to have a baby. And Mary says, how will this be since I'm a virgin? How, how is this? This doesn't make any sense because there's been no man involved in the process. You get that? So Mary understood. She took high school biology 101 in Jerusalem high school. You know what I mean? So she understood how the birds and the bees worked. And so she's like, I don't know how I could have a baby since there's not been a man involved in the process. Every line in the Bible teaches us something. And they have, every line has two meanings. One is the historical meaning, meaning what it meant at the time that it was written and where it was spoken. The other meaning is for us to, to, teach, to teach us something today. This is no different. So Mary is, is doubting how God's plan could work because it's not happening the way she thought it should happen. She had a picture in her mind of God's plan for her life, and this wasn't it. Can anybody relate to Mary? Did you have a picture of what you thought your life would turn out like, and it's turned out sort of different? Can anybody relate to not seeing something come when it came, and you're like, where did this come from, right? That's what hap it's happening to Mary right now. God, I thought something was going to happen, and it's not happening the way I thought. A lot of times, we're constantly doubting God's, how God's plan could work because it's not happening the way we thought it should happen. For example, I think that if I'm in the center of God's will, it should be smooth and easy. Has anybody else ever thought that? Like if the road is too bumpy, this might not be God's plan. For example, if God told me, angel, go up those stairs. My plan for you is to go up those stairs. My will for you is for you to climb those stairs. In my mind, this is how it should look.
Wouldn't that be nice? This is usually more often how it feels and how it goes. Can anybody relate to that? <laughs> he was fine, by the way, okay? But it feels like if this is God's plan, everything should be smooth and easy, and it's often far from it. That's what's happening with Mary. She's saying, wait, how could this be God's plan? Because this isn't how I thought this would happen. Mary's teaching us something. Mary's teaching us God doesn't need help from man to move in your life. Now, before you go, Pastor, you're right. I don't need no man. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? <laughs> Girl, no, okay, that's not what we're talking about. Don't start snapping your neck at me, okay? What this means is God isn't waiting on somebody to move in your life. God can do what he wants to do in your life all by himself. He's not depending on someone else. He doesn't need someone to notice you, to help you, to feel sorry for you, to give you a hand. All we need is God and God alone. If it's God's plan, he can do it all by himself. Now, I don't know what God is birthing in your life. But my experience has been God is always birthing something in our lives. Something new is always happening. He's always growing us and challenging us. So maybe it's uh, you're trying to grow a godly family or a career or a business. You have this vision, this idea, maybe a ministry. Maybe you're like, I think I'm supposed to join or enter the Mosaic School of Ministry, and I'm just not sure. I don't know if this is how it's supposed to go. Let me tell you, when I started ministry, it was just like that. You feel completely incapable, completely unworthy. That's, okay, that's a good sign that you're the right person for the job. So sometimes it feels like nobody is around understands us. It doesn't fit into how I thought it was supposed to be. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't have anybody helping me. Uh, no one's supporting me. No one's going to encourage me. I don't understand how this could possibly happen this way. If that's how you feel, you're in good company because Mary thought the same thing. How could this happen if there's not been a man involved. So the angel explains it to her. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is, able, who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I love that last line. No word from God will ever fail. If it's from God, it's going to happen. If God has said it and promised it, he's going to bring it about. It's going to happen. So Mary's like, well, I don't really understand how this is going to be. There's not a man involved. And the angel said, you don't need man for this. What you need to bring about what God wants in your life is for you to spend time with God. And if you're not sure how to bring about whatever you have in your heart, spend time with God. A lot of times we share our ideas and dreams and hopes with other people, seeking their approval. And let me tell you, people are fickle. They're funny. They'll love you one minute and talk bad about you the next. Has anybody else ever experienced that? You're like, I thought they were my friends, right? Well, if you have, just remember this. On Monday, they were yelling, Hosanna to Jesus. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And by Friday, that same crowd was yelling, crucify him, kill him. 
So if they're turning on you too, that's all right. You're in good company because that same thing happened to Jesus. Instead of focusing on what everybody else is doing or saying, let's focus on, on this, on Philippians 1.6. Let's just set our hearts and remember and believe. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You don't need man's approval, man's per permission, or man's money. As a matter of fact, stop trying to win everybody's approval because you're never going to do it. Let me give you an example. This is Mother Teresa. Uh, she was a, a Catholic nun. And let me give you just a small part of her resume, okay? Mother Teresa started homes for people dying of AIDS, HIV, HIV, leprosy, and tuberculosis in 133 different countries. She also, in every one of those homes, there was a soup kitchen, there were pharmacies, there were clinics, they had orphanages, and they had schools, okay? So when Mother Teresa died, the Catholic Church started this process called the beautification process. What that means is they're going to decide should Mother Teresa be a Catholic saint. That's what they're trying to determine. So what they would do is they would have people come and testify first on her behalf. So people lined up for blocks to come and testify in front of this committee and tell them, yes, I think Mother Teresa should be a saint. She was a good person. She did all this. She did that. And then what they did is they said, now we're going to hear from people who think she should not be a saint. And people lined up for blocks to talk about why Mother Teresa should not be a saint. So if they're lining up for blocks to criticize Mother Teresa, you and I don't have a chance anyway. So don't worry about it. Let the haters hate. Let them talk. Just keep doing what God has told you to do. And don't worry about what anybody else is saying. When we started this church, we didn't have any money, we didn't have any people, we didn't have any equipment. All we had is a credit card that we bought a bunch of stuff on and a, and a hope and an idea that God was speaking to us and telling us to start a church. All, instead of listening to people who said I, I was not qualified or that I shouldn't do it, we just had faith that he who began a good work in us will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That carried us, that sustained us, and that's enough to sustain you if you'll put your faith and trust that God is with you and God has given you that plan, he will get you through. So, back to Mary. When people found out Mary was pregnant, she wasn't married. They started to gossip about her. Her fiance tried to break it off. He tried to divorce her. Uh, it was controversial. She could have been killed. According to the Jewish law, she could have been killed for this, for this sin. She was 16 and pregnant. Today, if you're 16 and pregnant, you get a reality show on MTV. But back then, <laughs> it was very different. It was a bad deal. But no one can curse what God has blessed. And Mary believed that this was God speaking. She knew what God was asking of her. And she understood the insanity of this plan. So think about this teenage virgin girl who's about to risk everything for what this angel is telling her. Look at her answer. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. What a powerful statement this young girl makes. This teenage girl, she's teaching us. The correct answer is always, yes, Lord. The words no and Lord don't go together. If he's Lord, then the answer is always yes. 
So the correct answer for us when God is speaking to us, I know your life is tough. I know it doesn't always make sense. I know you don't have the answers. I know you don't have the plan. But I want to encourage you, instead of focusing on everything you don't have and how scary God's plan for your life is, let's just all collectively say this. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Our answer today is yes, Lord. Just like Mary, our answer is yes, Lord. Let me finish with this. Remember what the angel told her? He went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Highly favored. I wonder if you could talk to Mary at the end of her life. If she would have had moments where she doubted that highly favored part. If I'm so highly favored, and this is God's plan for my life, why does Joseph want to divorce me? If I'm so highly favored, why am I on the back of a donkey nine months pregnant? Why can't I find anywhere to give birth to this baby besides this stable surrounded by animals? If I'm highly favored, why am I wrapping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in dirty milk rags? If I'm highly favored, why am I laying my most precious possession in a trough instead of a warm crib? If I'm highly favored, why does the king want to kill my son? Why am I running for two years for our lives to get away from this insane king? If I'm highly favored, why did my son run away when he, walk away when he was 12 years old and scare me and his dad half to death? If I'm highly favored, later on she might have said, why did my husband Joseph die so young? If I'm highly favored, why is my son so misunderstood by the religious leaders? He's trying to help them. Can't you see that? Can't these people see that he's just trying to help people? If I'm highly favored, why did I have to watch my baby boy be weeped, whipped, beaten, and hang on a cross? If I'm highly favored, why did I have to bury my son? Do you think she ever thought that? She was a human being. I guarantee she thought that. She had to have those moments of doubt. Is this really what God's plan was like? I'm not an angel, but my name is Angel, so that's something. <laughs> I came here to tell you, even if all the circumstances around you don't look good, even if things don't seem to be going the way you thought they'd be going, I came here to tell you greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary's teaching us, my circumstances don't determine my faithfulness. Mary had many ups and downs in her life. There's, many, there's actually a time when Jesus was in, already in the ministry when she came to get him because they, they thought he had gone crazy. So Mary had her moments of doubt too. She struggled too. But at the end of Jesus' life, after he's been crucified, he's resurrected from the dead, he's, re, he's ascended back into heaven, Jesus says, go to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus said at one time there was a crowd of 20,000 people following him. But at this point, it's, that crowd is down to 120. And Luke, who's writing this, gives us the names of a few of the people that were there. Those present were Peter, James, John, and Andrew. Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew. James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot. Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus.
his brothers. The very end, Mary could have said, this is not what I signed up for. I thought that my son was going to be the king, and instead he's dead. Or she could have said, oh, he resurrected, went back into heaven. My job is done. I'm retired. She didn't do either one of those things. She still continued to press in and meet with the believers, and she was still a part of the church body. She's teaching us again, my circumstances don't determine my faithfulness, and neither will yours. So we're going to pray, and whatever that thing is, I don't know what came to mind for you, whatever, whatever in your life has not turned out the way you thought it might, we're going to pray, and our answer is going to be, yes, Lord. Let's pray. Father, Lord, collectively as a body here in this room and joining online, God, we, our prayer is whatever you have for us, God, whatever you're doing, the answer is yes, Lord. And as you look at us individually and as a church, we say, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Whatever you're asking, God, the answer is yes. Give us the strength and courage to identify and take the next step. We love you, Lord. I pray that you would make us more like you. We trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand and sing this last chorus with us? And how great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. Oh, see how great, how great. afraid of what's next. You're afraid of the burden that comes with it. And you've never invited Jesus in your heart. I encourage you to do that right now. The whole reason Mosaic exists, the whole reason we do what we do is to help people connect to Jesus and help them walk in their faith. So if right now you, you just are thinking, I need God in my life to get through this, to get through being a parent, to get through starting a business, to get through my marriage, then I invite you to say this next prayer with me. So with every head bowed, eye closed, please repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you that you sent him to die on a cross for my sins. God, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I need you. I ask you to wash away my sins. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I make you number one in everything I do. Amen. If you said that prayer for the first time, we just want to say welcome to the family of God. There's a QR code behind me. You can go ahead and scan that because we don't want you to do this alone. We want to walk alongside you and we want to help you on this journey. Uh, there's also a QR code on the back of your chair you can scan as well. You guys may be seated. I have a couple quick announcements. If you missed it, we have hot cocoa, a hot cocoa bar out in the foyer. So grab a hot cocoa on your way out. Next week is uh, Ugly Sweater, so you have a whole week to get your ugliest, best sweater ready to wear to church next week. Uh, Christmas Eve, we have a couple different services, so it's going to look a little different. All the services are exactly the same. We have a 10 a.m., a 3 p.m., and then a 4.30 p.m. So again, you can come to any of them, and they'll be exactly the same. 
Speaking of Christmas Eve, we are going to have a kids choir. So our kids are going to come up and sing a song with our adult choir. So if you have kids in kids church, please have them here for the next couple weeks so they can practice. It's preschoolers and elementary aged. And then have them here on Christmas Eve so they can come up and join us. It's going to be really fun. We also are not having church on New Year's Eve um, at all. It will be all online. So you can stay home in your pajamas and watch church online. Uh, we're going to go ahead and finish our service with our tithe and offering. Um, this time of year, I think, is the easiest year our easiest time of year to be generous because our hearts are open to those in need. And the Bible says that uh, that Jesus calls us to love and to take care of orphans and widows. And we do that as a church. We do that with the orphanage in, orphanage in Mexico, which we've all been giving to that, and the Joe P. Martinez apartments here in our city. Um, so I thank you guys for partnering with us and to help to make the, this season better for people of those two areas. Can you guys pray with me over this morning's tithe and offering? Dear God, thank you for all your blessings in our life, Lord. Thank you that you just continue to provide for us, Lord. And thank you that you've given us a heart of generosity to help those in need, Lord. Your, your word says, God, that you love a cheerful giver. So I pray that we would give today joyfully, Lord, and that you would use our tithes and offering and multiply them and advance your kingdom, not just here in our area, but all over the world. God, I pray for the people of Mosaic, Lord, as they leave today and they go on their weeks, God, that they would just feel your presence in their life, Lord, that whatever it is that they may face, that they would face it with courage, knowing that you are with them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, we will see you guys next week in your ugly sweaters.